0: Welcome to the intention training podcast where we talk about training mindset nutrition wellness and self-care
1: Welcome back to the intention training podcast today is episode 34 where we are going to discuss work-life balance Um, To get things started Did you have anything any updates you wanted to share do you want to hop right in today?
0: Let's just hop right in.
1: All right. So I guess let's start just kind of off the top. What are your initial thoughts about work-life balance? How how does that play a role in your life?
0: I think a lot of people don't see work as being something that they can enjoy, which is really tough because the hard truth is that You're going to have to work in some capacity. Even if it doesn't look like a 9 to 5, you're always going to have to work. And some seasons of work are going to be a little more taxing than others. And that's natural. That's a part of life. That is something you cannot escape. So you can't escape it. That means that you have to learn to live with it and find peace with it and still be able to enjoy your life, even when you feel like that balance is a little bit out of control. Um, I feel like, I mean, it would... It wouldn't even be nice to not work. Like, we think that's an ideal. Oh, I wish that I didn't have to work. But if you're doing the right things, and even if you're just working, it can be fulfilling. And you're getting better in some capacity, so.
1: Yeah. um, Like you said, I think, um, and it's interesting because... I mean you you touched on how it can you can be on either side of the spectrum like you can be working way too much and hate it but you can also not be working and yearn for that structure mm-hmm. so it's it kind of waxes and wanes and it's going to be an ongoing struggle um like you said I've had experiences where quote-unquote work-life balance just wasn't possible based mm-hmm. on the nature of whatever the job was um, or whatever else was going on in my life. But then, you know, we all went through different, two different severities, like quarantine where for us gyms were shut down and we weren't necessarily able to work
0: mm-hmm. in
1: the way that we typically do. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think that our view of work and what productivity is is really – Skewed um, and and not very helpful in the on a, in the day to day
0: and it makes sense. it makes work and enjoyment antonyms like you can't oh I'm working a lot so um, I'm not really enjoying my life whereas like I'm working a lot and I still have other things in my life that I enjoy so that's that's great
1: well, yeah one thing that I continually struggle with is um, almost like it sounds weird but too much structure throughout the day like Mm -hmm. constantly be working to check something off a list or whether it's work related or not just like I think building in time where you don't necessarily have anything planned can be really beneficial Um, but that's pretty scarce in today's society where it's kind of go 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 and one thing for us is that as long as you have your phone near you, you're kind of constantly on the clock because clients might ask you questions, mm-hmm. um, which is just part of the job. Um, there's also, obviously, there's there's so many things outside of just, like, the... For us, training people in the gym that we have to do that constitute work mm-hmm. that you might end up wor- working 10 hours in a day, but you're only actually in the gym for three or four. Yeah. So that can be really hard to navigate.
0: I think a lot of that can come with... bound can or boundaries can help with that. So being like, I will answer your texts um, as long as it's before this time or in between these hours, I'm free for you to text me. Or don't expect an immediate response if you're in the gym right now and you're like, hey, uh, coach, what should I move up to? I can't promise you that. It will be an immediate response, but I can promise you that I'll respond as soon as I can. I think that is a totally sensible boundary to make. And I think um, another boundary that we don't really have the luxury of making, but is setting a price for your time. So we operate on a sliding fee scale. So sometimes it feels like, man, I'm doing a lot more work than I'm getting paid to do. And I agreed to that. Um, But if you are in the position to set that boundary um, financially, that's another great boundary that you can add to your to creating a better and more suitable for you work-life balance
1: yeah and i definitely want to touch on more like strategies that we can kind of cultivate work-life balance um towards the end of the podcast um before then i think you know it, it always for me at least it always comes like these conversations always come back to just being aware of why you're doing what you're doing what your motivation is Um, and it really helps if you're doing something that you genuinely care about and that you feel a sense of reward from, Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is a lot of us are not in positions where that's the case. Mm -hmm. You're just working to provide for you and your family, um, Which can be difficult to navigate.
0: Yeah, it's not like I'm going to go work an eight-hour shift at Dairy Queen so that I can feel better about myself. It's Mm -hmm. like I'm going to do it because I'm 16 in high school and my mom wants me to pay my phone bill. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think being intrinsically versus extrinsically motivated, which is something I just learned about, um, is a really big distinction to make when you're talking about like your work and why you might not... Feel like you're achieving that work-life balance.
1: Can you explain the difference between being intrinsically and extrinsically motivated?
0: So intrinsic motivation is doing something because you enjoy it, or I guess like the furthest end of the spectrum for intrinsic motivation, Um, because you enjoy it, because you feel some fulfillment from it, because you like the process of it. Whereas the other side of Um, on the spectrum of extrinsic motivation is doing something because you either fear being punished because you're not doing it or you're doing it to appease other people.
1: I think, yeah. Or for reward. Or for reward. Yeah. Of some kind, um... Which could be the presence of something you enjoy or the absence of something you hate. Mm-hmm. Um, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, it's super key for adherence and um, no pun intended, but like your intentions do matter when mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff. Um, a couple things that I want to discuss before we talk about um, I read I read um, just an author's perspective, somebody who advocates for something called idling where. You just don't really have anything scheduled and you can kind of just enjoy, well, living. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to discuss that before we get there. Something that plays, like, has a heavy influence on people's work-life balance. Ours for sure, but I think this is more than just a, an us problem. Um, kind of like getting caught in the idea that your productivity or your worth is tied to how much time you spend working or like what time you wake up Mm -hmm. um just like the whole grind culture um and like the productivity mindset i think we tend to and i'm very guilty of this we tend to get caught in thinking that just the more work you do or the more tasks that you Um, check off your list day to day, the more value you have as a person, Mm -hmm. which is just so untrue. And and not only value as a person, but like as an employee or as a for us, a coach, Mm -hmm. um, we tie our value to the number of tasks that we get done or the amount of time that we spend doing something Mm -hmm. and feel validated by that, which is pretty ass backwards, because in reality, like you could spend all day checking stuff off your list. But if you're not giving your best work or you're not actually providing value through whatever you're doing, then it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with like the whirlwind, just getting caught in checking stuff off day to day, but you don't feel any sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You're not providing any real value to anybody. So okay. I think you have what what I would advocate for. And this is something that I hope to improve on as well Is it's just putting quality over quantity, mm-hmm. um, making sure that when you're doing something, you have and intention with what you're trying to accomplish by doing it it's mm-hmm. not just doing it to do it um, and then like we said before knowing that doing more isn't always better like for me um, sometimes it might be better for me to just read one article or one study and dive deep into it and highlight and take notes and um, really try to absorb it than it would be to try and learn about three different things in one night. Um, Do you have any examples or any thoughts on this kind of idea?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, when we were, like, basically locked down, and I had very, like, a very literal, not literal, a very just straightforward um, scope of focus, like, I'm going to read this book, and I'm going to write a program about it. Um, things like that made me feel the most fulfilled because I was able to put all of my energy into doing that and create something that I was really proud of. Whereas right now I'm battling like four different huge giants in my life and I have to figure out a way to give a little bit of myself to each in order to stay afloat. And it doesn't feel good. Um, It doesn't feel like I'm you know, becoming my best self or I'm getting any better, it feels like, wow, this is super unsustainable. But like I said, things like that are going to happen. Like your life is going to be like that sometimes, but you have to, you have to know that that is not how your life is supposed to be. And that is not where you thrive and doing a lot of things. And I've been, I've definitely preached to my friends about this at like you can't give so much of yourself to so many things um because you like that's the whirlwind and what are you really accomplishing through that
1: yeah if i may um i think what you're what you're talking about with like just in your life right now you have so many big things going on that require a lot of time and a lot of energy um this just kind of makes me think back to, there. like we said, there will be times when work-life balance isn't necessarily possible. Um, And that's the unfortunate reality of um, today's society. And there are some things we can do to try to mitigate that in terms of being able to say no, or knowing that it might not be the right time to take on something else. But sometimes it's unavoidable, Um, and in that scenario, you know There are certain things you can do, but sometimes it's also a situation where uh, that's just going to be the way it is for a certain period of time, and you, you kind of just have to gut it out. Um, the perfect example, I think, is like college, where you don't have a lot of say in, in terms of the assignments you have to do or the people you have to be around working in groups, things like that, but uh, you have to do it to get to the end goal. Or, or Right now, we're trying to move, and it's not a forever thing, but like... You know, last yesterday Saturday night, you were there working at on the house instead of doing what most people do on Saturday nights, which is relax and do what they want to do. So sometimes we don't have a say over it, but the more aware of it you are, um, the more you can kind of build in little times throughout the day. And
0: it's, yeah, it's important to know that you do have autonomy. So even you 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 do in most situations have a choice. Um, the, it might be two things that you don't really want to do, but in some sense, it's a choice. So instead of leaving all of the moving to the house for this Saturday, I can go and set some stuff up already and mitigate some of that stress that we might go through on Saturday and how long the moving process might take. So it's important for your well being to find that autonomy and to act on it. Um, And to kind of shelter yourself in there, because when it feels like your life is not really in your control, it's important to find those little moments of control. Um, And those will kind of carry you through where and it will ultimately prevent you from, you know, victimizing yourself like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. Um, You don't have to. And in that sense, you don't really get to either, but you do you do have a say in what you quote-unquote have to do.
1: Yeah, I have a couple more thoughts and then we'll move on. Um, I think one thing that for me, like I get caught up in doing things that I feel like I should be doing a lot of the time that aren't like it it hasn't, nobody's told me that I have to do this. I'm doing it because I feel like it's the right thing to do to try to get where I want to go. But then you end up, even though this is something that you're doing to better yourself, it turns into a situation where you're putting so much pressure on yourself to do whatever you're trying to do that it becomes super it, it daunting and you don't enjoy it and you might not even take anything from it because you're just trying to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be really dangerous. Um,
0: so have you have you learned from that? Like, what I mean,
1: if- I it's still something that I'm working on. To be completely honest, it's it's something that I struggle with immensely um and for me it's just because it goes back to like the more is better mindset and I feel like well you know if I'm not if I'm not doing something somebody else is is gonna do it and they're gonna benefit from it and they're gonna get ahead or, or something like mm-hmm. that so which really is just a narrative I've created in my head mm-hmm. um so I mean it. Yeah, it's it's really hard to navigate, um, but the mo- I think a couple things that are just important to keep in mind are that um, well, work always will be a part of life. There, you know, it's not all of life, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, we want to be remembered more for the, for more than just the work we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just things that I'm kind of reckoning with um, when it comes to work life balance. There are, I, I took some notes on an interview I heard from an author named Tom Hodgkinson, who's the author of a book called Idler, which, like I talked about before, is just the idea of um, building in time in your day to essentially do whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. um, not really having it be structured or kind of getting away from... Um, being so tied to the clock, like, okay, I have this half an hour to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he has some interesting thoughts surrounding, like, making time to do things like take walks with friends and just the things that I think, o- over and over, it's proven that, you know, experience um, is makes us much more, much happier than material things mm-hmm. do. So making time for those experiences, doing things like just taking, like, the longer scenic route on a drive or um, taking a long lunch or making time in your day to nap, doing things like that Mm -hmm. can go really a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, because when you do stuff like that, when you, when you do dedicate, your, like your you might ha- spend less time working throughout the day, but when you do work, you're probably going to be more productive and more fired up to actually do it.
0: And you realize that if you stop working for a second, the world actually keeps going mm-hmm. and it doesn't stop. And just because you realize that just because you're not working all the time doesn't mean that you're not worthy of success and you're not worthy of support and you're not worthy of all the things that we need as human beings. Um, because. Ultimately, like we are just kind of meant to be in whatever state that looks like. And like we said, everybody's gonna work sometime in their life, so try not to rush it.
1: And sometimes just just being and just you know doing what you have to do to carry on is an accomplishment in and of itself, especially mm-hmm. in a climate like today where um, we're seeing how, how precious life can be and that it can get taken from you in a second. Um, sometimes that is an accomplishment in and of itself and I think it's important to keep that perspective sometimes Um,
0: and and also when you have that perspective you're able to see wow do I really need to be doing this do I really need to be unnecessarily stressing out over this
1: yeah I mean sometimes like I'll have stuff on my written down in my planner and it's clear to me by close to the end of the night that it's just not going to get done and it almost feels like literally like a bomb is going to go off or something if Mm -hmm. I don't get it done But then you realize, like, life goes on and you realize that it's fine. You just carry it over to the next day and try and work on it a little bit and make some progress on it. And that's, it's never as serious as it seems when it comes to work. Um, Um, There's,
0: can I just interject really quick? Yeah, go ahead. There's a quote I heard a lot in college, even though I never followed it, because I was always like super ahead with assignments. I don't know why. Um, I'm not that way now. It, and it was, if it ain't due tonight, you're gonna be all right, which is like true. Go to bed. There's no reason for you to stay up all night if you, if you know for a fact that you're not gonna finish it. Um, there's no reason for you to be planning like blocks ahead of what your client is already on because you don't even know if you're gonna have that client. And you don't know what that client has to say about their programming now and if they'd like to keep this trajectory going or change it up. Um, so sometimes it's just better to leave those things for the future.
1: Yeah. Um, So uh, there's a few more things that I thought were really interesting from what I heard from this author. So he talks about um, time affluence versus time famine. Time affluence being just having enough time to explore things that you want to do day to day. You know, each day may not look exactly the same versus we're in a constant state of time famine where we don't feel like we have enough time to do everything that we want to do. And this is really pretty subjective because there's always 24 hours in a day Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what but our perception can influence whether we feel like we have enough time to do everything that we quote-unquote need to do um so our perception can can be really powerful in that sense um he also talks about this idea that like we try to pack in so much stuff during um, what's supposed to be our free time that our breaks don't even feel like breaks Mm -hmm. and this is something that it really resonated with me because um a lot of times I'll try to cut myself off from like work work by a certain time so I'll, I'll watch basketball or um a show or you do something else that's really not related to work but then I'll grab my laptop and I'll start like half working half relaxing it's just it's no longer relaxing mm-hmm. so that can be pretty dangerous and then this goes back to just how always having your phone on you um can really create a lot of stress because we're never relaxing when we're looking at our phones. Mm -mm. Um, He says that time famine, so just the idea of not having enough time can have a worse impact on your happiness than being unemployed. And health. Yeah, and health. That's very true. Um, And and this is something that we're not really aware of going back to the grind culture and productivity culture. It's just something that we don't typically think about. Um, He advocates for against saying yes to too many things trying to please everyone which is something that I know I struggle with um, He also he references a really interesting study called the Good Samaritan study, which um, Was in the nineteen it, it, it happened in the nineteen seventies um, On Prince at Princeton University, so I'm gonna try to skim through this and kind of summarize it so Two behavioral scientists were interested in studying the psychology of pro social behavior. Why do people do good things for others? So, to examine this question, they decided to study the students at Princeton, at the Princeton Theological Seminary. So, they looked at whether Princeton students who were studying to be priests um, would do pro social things in stressful situations. So, they set up a study. Um, across three days where they had a bunch of seminary students come to a building, meet with a researcher, and fill out a bunch of surveys. Um, the surveys address um, if the students were religious for intrinsic or extrinsic reasons, and I'm going to kind of skim through this portion because the important point is, after taking these surveys, the participants were told that they needed to prepare a brief talk about the Good Samaritan from the Bible, um, which is just, we For our purposes, it's just a story. Um, So they were divided into three conditions uh, randomly. In the first condition, they had plenty of time to prepare their talk and were early to delivering the talk. In the second condition, they were on time, but they had to rush over so that they weren't late. In the third condition, um, they were told that they were running late and they really needed to hustle to get over to deliver the talk. So um, on their way over to the talk, the all the participants ran into uh, a fallen stranger in a narrow alleyway. So obviously, this wasn't a real situation. The stranger was part of the study, but what they saw was that sixty-three percent of the time, participants in the early condition stopped to help the stranger. Forty-five percent of the time, participants in the on-time condition stopped to help the stranger, but ten percent of the only ten percent of the time, participants in the late condition stopped to help the stranger. So this is just kind of. Uh, I don't even know this is a word but like illuminatory when it comes to how...
0: Illuminating
1: <laughs> Sure I, I didn't that think is... that was right um, but what this tells us is that our time can can turn us into somebody that we don't even want to be like mm-hmm. it has a lot of control over our, our lives and that's something that we need to be more aware of and that we need to take steps to address so
0: That's why I'm always so impressed when I, when I see like moms who are calm and patient
1: Especially Cause, running late.
0: Because I'm just like, no, if that was me, like, I th- that really takes y- skill and dedication to becoming a better person and knowing that um, everything is going to happen in its own time.
1: Yeah, and I think what, the last thing I want to mention when it comes to work-life balance and time famine and stuff like that is it doesn't just affect you. Like, and this study demonstrates that. When we're in a constant state of time famine and we feel pressed for time and um, we're struggling for work-life balance, it affects the people around you because you're less likely to do kind things. You're less likely to go out of your way to help other people. It can have a huge impact on your family or other people that you live with, if you, especially if you work from home, which right now we do. Um, pets, just giving less attention to your pets. Like I said, friends, family, coworkers it can be a really damaging thing. Um, so to wrap this up, do you have any suggestions on how we can cultivate work-life balance or improve on this aspect of our lives?
0: I think my biggest piece of advice would just be to accept that it's something you're always going to have to be thinking about and something you're always going to have to be dealing with. So developing strategies to make you feel like you have more autonomy and like you're still able to take care of yourself even when work is taking up a little more time than you would like is key
1: yeah i think you made a good point earlier about setting boundaries surrounding when you're going to be working and when you're going to be not working Mm -hmm. um i think also just having very clear priorities can really help um Being more efficient with your time, it can be really helpful. But again, we want to stay away from doing something just to do it. And
0: and like grouping a bunch of things together and you're not really going to actually learn from them. You're just kind of doing them to do them. So you want to be conscious of when you're doing that too and how that's affecting the way that you see yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, like we said before, if you tie your value to how much time you spend working or how much money you make or... Um, what you do for a living is, is your identity, then I think that's kind of a shallow existence. and I don't mean to be judgmental in that. That's just not the way that I want to live. Um, I don't want to work just to work. I don't want to be caught in the idea that doing more things is always better. Um, I, I think I, I definitely get caught doing this, and I think I'm probably not alone in that. A lot of times we gauge how productive we are, how valuable we are, based on how much time we spend working. Because um, we always hear stories about how the best at whatever field, like um, obviously for it's going to be a sports example for me, but you hear about how you know Kobe was up at four a.m. every day, getting shots up and stuff like that. Um, but what people don't talk about is that he also took time every day to meditate and to do other things that just kind of took him away from being productive and just
0: and likely the reason he was doing it so early was because that was his hardest task of the day so that can be another testament to if you feel like you are struggling with work-life balance try to get that hardest thing out of the way first
1: definitely um the very last thing and then we'll wrap it up is that um i don't know about you but i found that a lot of times you have your best ideas Or you're the most creative um or you have the best experiences when you're bored or you don't necessarily have something to do at that particular time Mm -hmm. um the classic example is like coming up with an idea in the shower Mm -hmm. or something like that so just make sure that you're you're finding time to idle like the author talked about and that you're not living your life by the clock or by according to your planner all the time. I think that's kind of the main takeaway.
0: Time isn't real. It's made up. Well. It's made up.
1: Not, I mean, the sun rises and... Okay, let's not go there. Um, that'll be it for today. We'll keep it nice and short. Um, we'll likely continue on this theme of productivity um, and happiness and just kind of navigating everything surrounding that for this is episode 34 for the next few episodes we will likely stay on that topic if you have any suggestions for topics or people you want us to interview um there'll be a link for the for that in the show notes um where you can give those suggestions uh, we appreciate everyone for listening if you would be so kind as to um subscribe and rate it and share it we would very much appreciate it um any final thoughts
0: See you guys in like two weeks